Hi, everyone, and welcome into the Prep Ticket Podcast, your source for Texas high school football and recruiting in the great Lone Star State. I am Joe McCann, and the Wizard Swords here. Hey, Ward, how you doing, man? I'm good. You? Good. We got a lot to talk about in today's show. Uh, David Inahosa from the San Antonio Express News is going to join us in just a minute to talk some high school football in the San Antonio area. Also, later in the show, we're going to talk some recruiting, especially some fallout from the firing of Les Miles at LSU. Yeah, see who's staying, see who's going. See how that affects the state of Texas in particular, and we'll wrap up with some games to watch. But the first thing I want to talk about is that great game between Steele and Judson down in the San Antonio area. And for that, we're going to go to the phones and bring in David Inahosa of the San Antonio Express News. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, David, let's just start with the big game in the San Antonio area from this past week, Steele and Judson. And uh, it was an impressive performance by Steele. I guess it's probably not news that Steele is is good and one of the best teams in the state. But, uh, boy, they were really impressive last week against Judson. What did you think of that game, and what did you take away uh, from Steele? Well, I think I took away that Steele is good. I mean, uh, you know, we were we were wondering about them because, you know, they had that loss to uh, Lake Travis. They lost to them in, in, in double overtime. It was a game – fantastic game could have gone either way and then Steele uh I don't want to say they struggled against O'Connor and Smithson Valley I just think we thought they were going to you know win those games uh with you know with a little more uh you know but by a little by a lot more right. but uh but going into this game I really I really felt that Judson was had had a lot of momentum they uh had scored a lot of points and I kind of gave Judson the slight nod there and Steele goes and they, they not only did they win 30 to 9 but they did it with their, their starting quarterback on the bench. Uh, he was hurt. He didn't get to play. And Cody Massey, the backup quarterback, goes in there. He passes for 181 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, Matthew O'Brien kicked three big field goals. And just those little things is, you know, really added up. Uh, one thing I think was a factor, Steele just has, I think they just have uh, more experience. They have more guys who've played in these types of big games before. Judson is still fairly young, very, very talented, but very young. And and I, and I think that that played a factor. And and the the big takeaway that I get is uh, I think Steele has really kind of solidified themselves as being one of the top teams in the state. And I think Judson's going to be fine. I, and I don't think it's any any indictment that Judson, oh God, that they're not any good. I think they're really good. I think it's just more. Steele is probably just that much better. How does that? How does twenty seven six a fall out as far as uh, Division one, Division two? Will Judson and, and Steele see each other again? And and no, no, they'll be in separate divisions. Okay. Uh, you know, we fully expect, and 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 I don't, I would be shocked if it worked out otherwise. We fully expect Steele, Clemens, Judson, and Smithson Valley to be the four uh, teams coming out of that district. They they are probably, uh, I don't know if they're the top four teams in our area, but we have them. They take up four of the top five spots. Although you could certainly make an argument that all all four of them should be one, two, three, four, and the Division One, Division Two would be Judson, Clemens would be Division One and Division Two would be Steele and Smithson Valley. So there will be no rematch. The next rematch, uh, the next time they play each other will be next year. Okay, excellent, excellent. So uh, they're making their stamp in 27-6A. Uh, what other teams in 6A have kind of been uh, on your radar, maybe a surprise team or, there, or two down that region? Well, the, the one team that stands out for me in, in 6A has been O'Connor. Um, they're 4-1. Uh, their one loss came to Steele. They were actually up on Steele in the first half. And then they, the game got away from them a little bit. They ended up losing 45 to 24. But O'Connor has wins over Johnson and Churchill, and, and who are probably going to be battling among the teams battling for the district championship in uh, 26-6A. Um, they've looked impressive, although last week, uh, <laughs> last week they uh, they barely got by Taft 27-26. 
So that, that kind of, I don't want to say that soured me on them a little bit, but it made me right. think that maybe they aren't as good as I thought. But, you know, it was one game. You never know. Right. Um, but they, they begin zone play this week. And I, I really think they're going to uh, be in that zone championship. They help, they'll have a tough game uh, against uh, Stevens on uh, October the 13th. And I think that's going to be a big test for them. Uh, Royal Sanchez, at quarterback, has been really good for him. He's uh, passed for 100. Excuse me. He's passed for 946 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's completed seven of a uh, 70 of 106 passes, which is excellent. And uh, Jonathan Tapia and uh, Jalen Hughes have been big time receivers for them. Um, I, I like them a lot, and they're the one. They're the one six eighteen that I think stands out, um, and I think it's probably should be in the conversation with those other teams we talked about with Clemens with. Uh, Judson with Steele and Smithson Valley. Yeah, one more thing on 27-6. How do you see that district shaking out as far as the district title? Could it come down to the last game of the season between uh, Steele and Clemens? Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing that's going to be tough, Clemens has not played uh, Smithson Valley. They have not played uh, Judson yet. And <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. I mean, right now it could very well come down to that. Um, but Clemens still has probably has the toughest road of everybody. Um, and uh, – so we'll see how it comes down to that. I really believe, though, that the the Steel Judson game is going to be the game that determines the district winner ultimately. But we'll see. We'll see. Talk about maybe some teams uh, not in the six A that are doing well. I know Alamo Heights is doing pretty good. They haven't, even, but they haven't been a playoff team for, uh, at least last year. So talk a little bit about them. Yeah, they're off to a five and zero start. They they were six and four last year. Didn't make the playoffs. They're they're you know year in year out. They're one of our top you know sub you know, class 6A programs, and they've really had a great bounce-back year so far, and I think they're 2-0 and in district. Uh, Will Cheney's been a, been, a, been a good quarterback for them. He's passed for uh, 1,040 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Daryl Reynolds has uh, been solid on the ground. They have a pretty balanced running game, but he leads it with uh, 436 yards. They have a couple of great receivers with uh, Nick Proctor and Michael Kelleher. Michael Kelleher was a member of their uh, baseball team that made it to the state championship last year, so he's a very, very good all-round athlete. Uh, I think Heights is uh, looking good for him. I mean, uh, Kerrville Tyvee's having an off year, really off year. They're 0-5, which I don't wow. think anybody saw. So that's opened up mm-hmm. things a little bit. I think Dripping Springs and um, and uh, Bernie Champion are going to be the teams battling it out for there. But but really, I don't want to say Alamo Heights is a surprise team, but they've really a, they're really a team that uh, I don't know if we anticipated them having a 5-0 and start. They beat Brandeis, which is one of our – better 6A teams. They beat them in non-district play. That was a very impressive win for them, and it really makes me believe that, you know, this this is this could be a really good year for the Mules. David host of the San Antonio Express News talking some San Antonio area football with us. Hey, David, let's talk about some individual players with regards to recruiting and who's standing out to you. Who would you say is maybe one, of the, maybe one or two of, of the top individual players in the San Antonio area this year? Well, I, I think uh, without question, in my mind, <laughs> without question, Frank Harris, the quarterback at Clemens, he's uh, committed to UTSA. He's a senior. Uh, he was our offensive player of the year last year. Uh, he's just a very athletic, very dynamic quarterback. He's, you know, one of those, you know, dual threat quarterbacks, if you want to call him, you know, if you want to term it that way. Sure. Uh, he uh, He's passed for 756 yards. He's rushed for 613 yards. Uh, leads the you know leads his team in rushing. He's combined for 19 touchdowns. What's really impressive about Frank is that once he gets in the open field, you aren't you're not going to catch him because he's so fast, he's so shifty, so quick, and 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 he's so quick to get into that uh, open space. And he's really 
if you have to scheme against him, I, I, I just can't imagine what goes through your head. He's, he's one of them. And another guy, Xavier Martin, uh, the one we talked about uh, over at Steele, the quarterback, he's committed to Texas Tech. Now, he is not going to go to Texas Tech as a quarterback. They have, they're recruiting him as an athlete. Uh, so he's probably looking at being maybe a wide receiver, defensive back, uh, you know, something like that. And then another another top guy uh, is uh, Joshua Croslin. He's a defensive uh, lineman from uh, from Steele. Uh, he's committed to Minnesota. Uh, very he plays he plays in the interior, but he's a very good pass rusher. He he can really really uh, do a lot of damage inside and and get that quick pass to the quarterback if needed. Um, and probably the best. The, our best uh, our best recruit out of San Antonio isn't even playing here. His name is Kellen Mond. Right. Uh, he, IMG he, Academy. He uh, played right. for Reagan for a couple of years, and now he's over at IMG, and he's committed to A&M. So, <laughs> so yeah, how, I, I'm, I, I hear he's doing well. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, how do you think Reagan has handled that? Because I'm sure, you know, the fans there at Reagan were, were you know, bummed to see him go. Because uh, obviously I'm sure they had high expectations with him. You had a – I mean, he had a, I guess he was a Baylor commit at the time, but now he's an A&M commit. But, you know, he went off right. to IMG. How do you think Reagan's handled that? I know they're 4-1. and one. They have a big game against Churchill this week. I think that, you know, they've known since January. I mean, he left in January, so they've had a lot. Of, I mean, it wasn't like he just dropped this thing on him, you know, at the last minute. But, yeah, Reagan's handling about as well as, as they can. I, I would say with Kellen Mond, Reagan was probably the going-away favorite in that district, uh, you know, because he's so talented. Uh, but I think they've handled it well. I mean, I, I don't have um, any, you know, you know when, when you have that much time to uh, – <laughs> realize what you got to do. I mean, they were able to get get a spring practice in, sure. that kind of thing. And and and, and you know they they you know it's it, and I think this district is up for grabs. So I, I don't I, it hurt them. Sure, of course it did. I mean, whenever you lose a, a talented guy like that, but you know they're four and one. I mean, that you, you can't really ask for too much of a better start than that. Um, so I you know I think you know the Rattlers are going to be all right. You know, could they be, could it be better? Yeah, of course. But that's just kind of you kind of you kind of you kind of got to do what you got to do. I guess it kind of hurts the fans as well. I mean, when you have a talent like like Mond that you're expecting to see, you know, two three years, and and then he just up and leaves the leaves the state. It, it, it's got to be kind of devastating to the fan. I mean, the true te- Texas high school football fans to not be able to yeah. see that guy. Is there been any kind of Backlash towards IMG down there in that uh, in that area. Well, I mean, well, the 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 uh, Reagan's coach, David Wetzel, is the president of the uh, Texas High School Coaches Association. I know he uh, he kind of penned an open letter, um, you know, basically talking about you know how these types of academies you know hurt Texas football in that sense. I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone's got a choice. Everyone, you know, it was. It was Kellen Mond's choice to to go over there, sure. You know, and and to to make him better. I don't fault him for that, and I don't think anyone else should fault him for that. It's kind of like, you know, why are you why are you in my business? You know, right. I, I, Kellen Mond had no obligation to play for Reagan right. and to represent Reagan. If he wants to leave, he leaves. I mean, and you just move on, and that's just the way I see it. So yeah, and like said, like I said, Reagan obviously they could have, you know they would while they would love to have him. They are doing pretty well at four and one, and they got a big game against Churchill this yeah. week. So we'll see. Yeah, and their backup Cade Bormet, he's played. You know, he's he's uh, he's had to play quarterback the last couple of years when when Mond's been hurt. So you know, it wasn't like uh, they just kind of threw him in there and hey, you know, you're a quarterback now. He's had some experience doing it. He's he's also one of their top baseball players, and and uh, you know Reagan made it to the state tournament a couple of years ago. So he's played in some high pressure situations. He came up with some big hits a couple of years ago when he was a sophomore. So, 
I mean, you know, it, what, for whatever that's worth. I mean, it's. I don't think that. I don't think it's been overwhelming for them. I mean, but yeah, you don't have a talent like Mond on anyone's team. Yeah, it's going to hurt you. But you know, you you just have to move on, man. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Well, David, before we let you go, uh, any big games this week that we should keep an eye on down in that area? Yeah, you know, this is kind of, uh, you know, we uh, the district we were talking about with Steele and Smithson Valley, we call that one uh, the little SEC. They're actually on hiatus uh-huh. this week, and none of them are playing. So it's actually kind of a light week. The biggest game that we have going on here is uh, Churchill and uh, Reagan. So uh, they're both in first place uh, uh, in that district, although district just started last week. But uh, we've, we fully expect that game to kind of have a, a, a factor on who makes the playoffs. That's probably the biggest game this week. It's not a... It's not an earth-shattering uh, steel <laughs> Judson right. game, but it's but it, it's a good game. It'll be a good game to cover. So sweet. Well, David Inahosa, we appreciate you dropping some knowledge on us, and thank you for calling in. Hey, we'll uh, touch base with you again soon. Thank you very much. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, David. All right, we want to thank David Inahosa from the San Antonio Express News for joining us. He had a lot of good stuff to say. Uh, football's been really exciting down there in San Antonio. A lot of good stuff, and I, I bet. I mean, from the way he's talking about steel, that looks like a a, a possible state. A championship game team at least if they don't win at all looking forward to see how they get out of the little sec as he puts it yeah it looks like uh, they got the top four pretty solid there like he said well uh, that's definitely a district to keep an eye on hey we're going to move on and talk a little bit of recruiting here and uh, the big news in recruiting and college football over the weekend was lsu firing head coach les miles now how does that affect the state of texas well texas is a state that lsu recruits quite frequently exactly and so we're going to kind of talk about how that firing could have some ripple effects here in the Lone Star State. First of all, the obvious ones, there are three uh, high school football players in the state of Texas who, as we're recording this, are verbally committed to LSU. Um, Kerry Vincent, he's a four-star defensive back from Port Arthur Memorial. All three of these guys are Under Armour All-Americans, by the way. Um, Austin Deculus from uh, Cy Fair, the the offensive lineman. Yeah, he's another big one. And then Edward Ingram, he's an offensive lineman from DeSoto. Now, some of them have already responded. Uh, Seems like Kerry Vincent is all in on LSU for right now. He said... On Twitter, he said, PSA, I'm not going anywhere. Go Tigers. So it sounds like he is not changing his mind for the time being. Perfect example of, you know, committing to the school and not the coach because that's he yeah. seems like he loves it loves Baton Rouge yeah see I think with LSU you've got to be pretty confident that they're going to get a coach that's right. that's good you know I mean he can always change his mind later I mean he hasn't signed anything and Absolutely. he won't until February uh, unless he's graduating in December but I mean LSU you would think would have a coach lined up by then yeah. anyway but we'll see uh, and then uh, we'll get to some speculation there Austin Deculus meanwhile he's taking a little more cautious approach and I think this is probably the general sentiment of a lot of right. commits when the coach leaves or is fired he said on Twitter just simply two tweets. What do I do now? Just being patient. Right. And I mean that's a fair approach to take. I mean, again, LSU's probably going to get a good head coach from somewhere. Right. And then uh, you know if it's a guy I mean, you, you have like, you have your you have time. Right. And like you mentioned a couple weeks ago, go take your visits now. Now's yeah. a good time. Take all your visits. Figure yeah. out who's going to be the head yeah, coach. I, I certainly wouldn't blame any commit uh, who from taking a few more visits. Right. Uh, if the coach is, I mean, why not just take keep your options open in case you know LSU hires a coach that you don't like, or worse, hires a right. coach that doesn't like you. Right. And, exactly. And, and, and then you know, then you might have a decision to make. So I you know I wouldn't. And he should just know that when he goes to if he goes on other visits, just know he's going to hear some negative recruiting mm-hmm. too. You don't even know what's going on at LSU. You don't know who the coach is going to be. Right. Well, I'm going to be here forever, so let's bring in. And the third one, uh, Edward Ingram. He's again, he's an offensive lineman from Desoto. You've seen him a couple times yes. there. 
uh, over there at DeSoto. He, and again, another Armour All-American. He hasn't made any tweets or any public statements right now as far as where he stands, but I think just kind of right. in standby mode for right now, like a lot, probably similar to Deculus. Hasn't that, officially decommitted, decommitted or anything. But so I think those are certainly three guys to keep an eye on, but those aren't the only three to keep an eye on. There are plenty of Big recruit, names all over the place. That all, are... Across the state who at least had some interest in LSU, right. varying degrees. I mean, Marvin Wilson, we've talked about on the show many times. Jeffrey Okuda, Walker Little, Omar Manning, Levi Jones, Kalevin Chason from North Shore. These are all guys who are at least committing, uh, considering Baron Browning. He's a linebacker from Kennedale. Right. He's actually visiting Michigan this week. Exactly. So, but, I mean, these all those guys had at least some degree of interest in LSU, and their interest will probably vary now as the weeks and months go by. Right. They're depending gonna, on you know, what LSU does next. LSU's going to want to kind of bank on these guys uh, waiting it out because right. obviously they're not going to make a huge coaching news until a little later on in the year, I would I would think, Right. maybe after the season's over. So they're, they're banking on some of these guys to be patient, like right. Decula says, and, and just kind of wait out, see who they got in there because there's, there's good names out there that and, they could even And I will rip. say this, LSU probably has the right guy for now, as far as keeping him in stand mode, because I know Ed Ogeron, he's a guy from South Louisiana. He's right. the interim head coach at LSU for right now. He's been at USC. Uh, he was the head coach at Ole Miss for a while. Always known as a very good recruiter and always well-respected by coaches and recruits alike. So I think he's a guy who will at least get the kids to, all right, we're going to see what happens, Coach O. And right. like, I think whoever the next head coach at LSU is would be wise to keep, try to keep Ogeron right. on board. Now if, he's not, now, if he's passed over for the job, he may just want to leave. Right. Like, kind of like at USC when he was the interim coach at USC. They right. didn't give him the head coaching job. They went with Sarkeesian. Right. And so, obviously, he was hurt by that. And and, uh, and then he moved on. Right. So, and you just certainly couldn't blame. But I think Ogeron is a guy. I wouldn't rule him out from getting the full time job there. But with LSU being the program that it is, I right. think they're cheating themselves if they just promote the assistant uh, right. without interviewing some other guys. And obviously, this is again, this is kind of where it plays into Texas. Right. Uh, the obvious name out there, the guy people are saying they should contact first is, of course, Tom mm-hmm. Herman of Houston. Yep. Now. Obviously, he hasn't said anything, nor should right. he. But, of course, he's going to be a guy that people are going to say, well, you should call Tom Herman. Right. And who knows what kind of interest he will have. And I'm sure Tom Herman is going to hate this as the weeks and months go right. by. Because, you know, inevitably at press conferences and, you know, after games or wherever, people say, have you been contacted by LSU? Right. You, and, of course, he can't say yes or no. Eventually, I'm sure Herman is going to have to, like, release a statement saying, Guys, I'm the coach at Houston. I'm trying to win a national championship here. Don't bother here. me till after. Yeah, can we just you know, can let me January. be the coach at Houston for this year, and we'll talk about my future after the year? Because right. he says I will not. An- I'm sure he will eventually have some kind of statement saying to the effect, "I will not answer any questions right. about anything other than the Houston Cougars until the end of the season." And his secretary is going to be. She might get a want to get a bump, or he or she might want to get a bump in salary because she's going to be de- deflecting phone calls left and right. Oh, sure, and yeah, I'm sure LSU is probably already trying to reach out through right. back channels through Herman's agent and try to get some interest. And yeah, um, and there'll uh, be other there'll be other schools out there too that'll be looking for him as well. So sure. I, I mean, there, there are already some rumblings that USC may have regretted giving the full time job to right. to Helton, and then maybe they want to try to get Herman before LSU does. Right. Uh, so I mean, there will be a lot of teams, and I, like I said uh, in the last podcast. Uh, whether or not Houston gets into the Big 12 could have quite an impact on Herman's future. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, if, he's, if Houston is a Big 12 school, he would be in a situation similar to at Patterson at TCU, say, well, I'm in a big conference, I've right. got a great recruiting base. I'm really not itching to go anywhere. That being said, LSU is a school, even if right. you are in the Big 12, that would be you would be wise to at least listen to. Yeah, be something that 
something to look at for sure. I mean, that's one of the top three, four in the SEC, maybe even in the nation. So you, that's something to look for. Yeah, I mean, to. it's a great recruit. I mean, Louisiana is a great state for recruiting. Right. They have good recruits in there. And again, you're right next door to Texas, so LSU goes into right. Texas and gets kids all and the time. And he'll already have his ties. He he's met every coach in the state, so he's he'll have his ties to bring them in. And I do get the vibe that a lot of recruits, like say Marvin Wilson. Uh, at Houston Episcopal, we've talked about Dylan Moses, the kid at IMG Academy. Right. Before. I think they do. I think they all really like Tom Herman. Right. It's just you know playing in the American Athletic Conference exactly. isn't all that exciting to them. So if say LSU were to get Tom Herman, don't be surprised if they get a huge boost in recruiting oh. and, and like a, guy, a lot of guys want to jump on board and, yep. and go to LSU. But yeah, I, I feel for Houston fans because I know they're going to get tired of this. Right. But you can't deny that your coach is a red hot coaching commodity, and as long as right. you're in the American Athletic Conference, you're kind of vulnerable to being poached. Right. But, of course, he's going to say all the right things, as he should. He loves Houston. He's happy to be there now. But what he doesn't know is what the next offer is. Exactly. And then, of course, the other kind of Texas tie to connect to LSU is people are throwing out Art Bryles. Right. And that comes – Art Bryles comes with the baggage, but it also comes in with – the uh, many people comes in with a built, built-in quarterback and offensive system because uh, many feel like Jared Stidham's going to follow right. Bryles wherever he winds up. He's at a junior college right now, and that – He's a, a Texas quarterback from from Stephenville. He proved himself a little bit with Baylor last year, and and many thinks he he will follow Browse wherever he goes. Right, and you just got to deal with the mess that's going to be coming with it. Yeah, Stidham, he's not he's not playing right. He's just no, taking he's classes. In, yeah, so he's just to taking keep, classes to keep and working el- out. Yeah, to keep his eligibility so he can play three years wherever yep. he goes next. Yep. So, but yeah, to me, I, I kind of agree with you. There's, uh, I definitely agree with you on Browse. I mean. Great coach, unquestioned. Right. But I mean, there's baggage there, and if you're a school like LSU, do you need the baggage when there are other good coaches out there? Right. I mean, there are guys like Herman. There's, I mean, people have thrown out Bobby Petrino. Exactly. I suppose he has some of his well, own Bobby baggage. Bobby Petrino too. has his own skeletons, but, that he's, but, but not nearly as much as the yeah, cover but, up but, deal. Yeah, I, I think as a fan of a school that would potentially hire Art Bryles, I mean, I would want to know what he knew and what he was responsible for. Right. And, you know, are, are the young women on my campus going to be safe with the right. recruits he's bringing in? Because that's the big – that was the big thing with Bryles is, of course, you know, the pe- people he brought into the program and what happened there. So what did he know? What did he let slide? And, you know, is he – is would we have any kind of similar problems there? You would hope not. Right. Uh, but, again, just because – I mean, winning – I mean, winning changes people's exactly. a lot of minds. They help you forgive a lot, and there's no question that Art Browse can put a team out there that's competitive and exciting to watch. And that was the biggest complaint among LSU fans Absolutely. with Les Miles is that their offense was just brutal so to watch. Bad. If he would have fired Cam Cameron last year, he might still have his job. Right. But, I mean, he went down with the ship with the Cam Cameron ship. So if Art Browse can bring in that exciting Baylor offense, I, I and maybe that'll. Change people's minds, and like you said, it would bring Stidham on board almost certainly. Right, exactly, and he's he's out there. He's putting his he's putting his face anywhere a camera's at. It yep. be at Cowboys games, wherever. So he, we know he's ready to go whenever. Yeah, he is definitely on his apology tour, and we'll see. Exactly. If it, I, I still am. He's going to have to give up answers, though. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I am to, still pessimistic that a program like LSU or USC or you know any program or any major program would hire Art Bryles until a lot of stuff is cleared up about what he knew and what he was responsible for. Great coach again, but I I just, when there are other, it's not like he's the only good coach out there that you could hire. And that's why I am 
pessimistic about a big program hiring Bryles. Right. So, all right, so that's my thoughts on LSU for this uh, section of the program. How we get back to some Texas high school football ward and maybe talk some games to watch uh, for this week? I'll, I'll start off actually with uh, one in the Dallas Fort Worth area, Trinity and South Lake Carroll. I mean, th- this is a great rivalry in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, there have played so many great games in the past, both in the regular season and, of course, in the postseason. You know, once filling Texas Stadium right. <laughs> all the that's way to like the top. It was like 06 or 07 when I first got into town. It was just that was the that was the game that that floored me that. This many people would come to a Texas high school football game. Ever since then, I've been. Hooked. I've heard some people say, even despite what the official record for attendance is, they uh, they some people contest that that was actually still the record because the attendance was late arriving in that game or something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. And a lot of people just saw the traffic, turn around, went home, and listened <laughs> yeah. to it on the radio. But yeah, they're both off to decent starts too. I mean. Dragons have been great. I mean, after that opening loss to Union, who has proven to be one of the best teams in the country, by the right. way. Um, the, uh, Dragons have ruled off three wins in a row. Trinity is a uh, 4-0 start. Great come from behind win against Westfield. And, you know, this is going to be a huge, obviously, a, I mean, the, the winner of this game probably going to win that district 5-6-A. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of Westfield, they they got a big game against Spring this week. Usually that's not a game that uh, people really look for because Spring has struggled in football over the past six years. I know they haven't won more than four games a season in the past six years, and They've only had five wins combined the last two years, but this year's a little bit different. They're off to a 4-0 start. Uh, they're doing it all behind running back Xavier uh, Jones, and it's a nice rivalry game down there in spring. Spring against spring, Westfield is always a nice game. I think it might be a little bit too tall of a task to beat Westfield, but it, them being undefeated right now, it's a good game to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, if Spring's able to get the win there, I mean, the confidence just grows and grows Absolutely. and grows, and you kind of wonder how legit they will be as far as a playoff contender as far as going deep in the in the postseason. Absolutely. So, uh, wins over rivals always springboard you to, yes, to the sir. magic seasons. Once you get that confidence under you, it's like, well, all right, we, we got to be legit now because, all right, so here we go. Um, uh, another game I'm looking forward to, Buda Hayes at Austin-Westlake. Big news there, of course, is the return of Sam Ellinger. He tweeted, posted on Instagram this week that he is back. He's ready to be back on the field. So what is it? Uh, gosh, only three or four weeks that he was out. Yeah, he's only missed four games. And so, uh, I mean, he's back, so Westlake should be – I mean, they should be full go now. And, I mean, they'll certainly be – one of the best teams in the state, and uh, hopefully he's able to stay healthy the rest of the season. So when you get back a University of Texas commit, plenty of reason for optimism, and uh, Westlake should be uh, probably scoring a lot of points this week. Absolutely, and I was thinking it would be a longer injury for him, but I mean, it's great to see him back already. Uh, finally, one game that's going to be played in Nacogdoches is uh, West North Stark against Kennedy. At the beginning of the season, this really looked like a great matchup because uh, Kennedy was a top-five team. West North Stark is, of course – a number one team in 4A. Kennedale's got a lot of injuries, and they've kind of stumbled to a 2-2 two and two, uh, start so far, but they still have Brown, uh, Baron Browning, as we talked about. I know you said he's going to Michigan this week, but yeah. he better be back in time Friday for – or maybe it's after the game. He'll go to the Saturday game, right? Or? Yeah, yeah uh, Michigan hosts Wisconsin this week, okay. so, and that, that'll be a huge game in the Big Ten. So he's going to get to see a great game. I, I don't know what time that kick is, but, yeah, I'm sure he's hopping on a plane right after – probably first thing bright and early Saturday morning, either that or catching a super late flight after the game exactly. on Friday. But get out yeah, there. He's, going to, he's going to see one of the best games in the Big Ten, and there will be plenty this year, but that'll be a huge one It'll for Michigan. It'll be a huge one in – I mean, what can you say about West Orange Stark? We talk about their defense all the time. They're 4-0 and 
They've outscored their opponents 193 to two, and obviously with the safety, you can't even put that two on the defense. Right, that's not on the defense. So it's the offense that's given. The offense has given up more points than the defense. <laughs> now that that is something. If that lasts throughout the year, that's something that should definitely be put in the stat books. But that that team is just so dominant, and it, it should be very interesting to see how this one plays out. Yeah, until West Orange Stark actually gives up some points on defense, I, I'm probably going to pick them to win just about every game they're playing in. Exactly. Because uh, uh, I mean, they're averaging 45, 46 points a game. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Kennedale. Is, uh, Canelo's a good team. It'll be a great test for him, but I, I think Wass, is, I mean, they're pretty awesome right now. Absolutely. But that's the, just, just going to wrap it up for uh, this edition of the Prep Ticket Podcast. Hey, the good news, we are now on iTunes, and we are also on Google Play in addition to SoundCloud. So whatever your podcast listening <laughs> uh, site of choice is, we are there now. We're there. So, again, uh, check us out on either one of those. Again, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Of course, hit us up on Prep Ticket. That's how you reach us, to, uh, reach us on Twitter. Leave us a review. Give us some comments. We always want your feedback. Exactly. Let us know what you think. We will we will answer back on Twitter for sure. I mean, it's at Prep Ticket. And uh, I'm at the Wizard. If you want to talk to me directly, <laughs> and I'm individually, I'm uh, Joe McCann three. As always, we thank you for listening. We will check in with you again next week here on Prep Ticket. <laughs>